Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of the 20 sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. How's it going today, Cody? It is going basically okay. Um, so here's a fun thing about myself. I mentor a robotics team for high school kids. And generally, that is really great. And I enjoy it. Problem but is now we're besides- in build season. Yeah, there's a but. We're in build season now, which means like things are like turned all the way up to 11 or whatever. You know, like they're going crazy. But I'm not really because I'm just a mentor. So I'm kind of more relaxed. But there's just like a lot of... I don't want to say like it's not like fighting it's just like you know tensions are really high and people have different opinions on what they should do and uh, it's just like so nerd infighting is what you're saying yeah there's a little bit of nerd infighting that I'm just kind of bored by at some point that ends up being kind of the backdrop of these things but you know we also get stuff figured out It, it definitely feels like the thing that they're infighting about is we have this problem where like we'll figure out something and so we'll like make a step forward and then someone else will come through and redo it and mess it up. And then we take a step back, you know, and then we end up like doing the same thing five times instead of just being like, OK, this code worked. Let's move on. They keep being like, oh, but it's not formatted perfectly. I'm like, oh, this is never going to get seen again after this year. So who cares? You know, like yeah, this isn't no. <laughs> going to get used by anyone but us. So it doesn't have to look perfect. It just has to function. And so I really wonder what happened to all the old science Olympiad projects made. <laughs> they ended up in a trash can. That's the. That's I the mean, like, yeah. I feel like we could build a Toy Story movie based off of old projects. <laughs> oh, it would be really. But it'd be, sad. it would be more depressing and probably horror esque than the Toy Story movies. Yeah, Kill mine would be. Me. Mine would be pretty tragic. There'd be a lot of like garage sale junk just floating around. Like my parents had to eventually like make rules about you are not allowed to buy stuff at garage sales anymore because I just like. Dumbest thing because I you're bought. a trash person. Yeah, I was. I bought a, a video disc player, which do you, do you know what Laserdisc is? Did your school have Laserdisc? Yes, I know what Laserdisc is. I'm not okay. like 10. It's it's not a Laserdisc player. It it is the size of a Laserdisc player, but the movies are actually cut records. Oh my god. So they they're vinyl, you know, like records that have grooves cut in them and that transfers data to a computer that then plays the movie. Supposedly they were better than VHS, but what they also were was incredibly heavy. So like I bought the player and like 150 movies for like 20 bucks and me and my brother together could not lift the movies. Like we were struggling. Because you're weak, first of all. Well, yeah, but I mean, dude, like that's for two people to not be able to lift a box of movies. That's a lot of movies. But you also that, said 150 movies. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot. And some of them were pretty good. It was <laughs> like, like gold. See, like, I just think it's, you're trying to make the story sound worse than it was, but like, you have this giant box of 150 movies. I feel like 150 DVD. Oh, actually, no, never mind. I, I, I see what you're saying. I was all ready to make fun of you, and I, I concede. I'm no, sorry. 150 DVDs would weigh like nothing. Yeah, because I think I've held 150 DVDs in one hand. So yeah, I mean, like especially if it was just the disc. Yeah, I mean, you just yeah. like hold those like this. You have 150. And when I say like this, I was like making like the gesture of holding a giant yeah, big. Let's sandwich. do a completely visual podcast. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. I yeah, I'm gonna myself. do an interpretive dance for the next five minutes, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Um. So I guess you told about your life. Then so in my life in the last week, um. So I was taking an antibiotic for some blah, blah, blah stuff, and I found out that I get the main side effects, slash I'm kind of allergic to it. 
So for the last five days, I've been having uncontrollable itching all over my body. I have huge red patches here and there. And to say the least, I have been itching to do a new podcast with you. And I've been waiting all day to say that joke. Boo. <laughs> oh, man. But no, I've like just been itching. So like you will see me from time to time. It's like scratch behind my ear like a dog. It's, it's bad. I just assumed you had a drug problem. No, oh, no, no. That's the twitching in my hands is the drug problem. Oh, gotcha. So one way, yeah, one way or the other. Yeah, this is either or. So I guess we can pull this podcast together. We had our little banter. Um, so last week we did... we had our scripted banter at the beginning of every <laughs> yeah, episode. We we spent hours writing this. But last week, what was our world? Do you remember? Uh, my world was the like um, boat world where you sail and go on quests and stuff. You know, yeah. There was and uh, then my pers- world was um the world inside a painting. Um, with snake people and the white snake clean because here she goes again but our prompt last week was um write a world that's not on a planet a solar system or in a galaxy and then at the end of the episode we rolled again and we got number 17 which is a world with no land and i happened to call this on our list water world part two which because i mean that's basically what it is but you know i'm excited for it i i, I think I told Jordan at the beginning of this that I my world's going to be a little bit shorter this week because like what I imagined is a little bit simpler. Um, it's it's almost more like our first world, but I'm I'm kind of excited. I'm I'm a little bit excited for it. Uh, so there's birds in this. There are not birds. Oh, there God. are not birds. I brought back snakes again because you know. Stop writing about snakes, Jordan. It's creeping What's... me out. I'm starting to think you have a thing for snakes. Which is the worst thing you can have a thing for, by the way. (laughs) Right? Like, it's one of the creepier things. I mean, at least it's not like I don't have a thing for spiders or something. Spiders actually freak me out. You know how there's furries? The worst kind of furry you can be is a snake furry. I don't think there are there. We're not not looking this up, dude. They're called scalies. You're making that up, dude. (laughs) I can't. That's my snaky mating call or scaly mating call. Don't they just upset each other? Okay, no. Jordan, is that what no. you're into? This is not going to become the fetish podcast. <laughs> it already has. <laughs> I mean, the White Snake thing did get a little weird last week. Yeah, but okay, I mean, so like, you're the one that made a character called White Snake. What do you want me to do? It was the queen who was a White Snake. She wasn't called the White Snake. Oh, that's 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 just that's that's not any worse at all. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. It's all bad. And this but... is the queen of White Snake. There's no other way to take this, but she's a White Snake. <sighs> You know, this is. You know, I agreed to do this podcast thinking you'd be supportive in world building, but you just been cutting me down left and right. I have to make myself feel better for my sucky worlds. Yeah, because you know, I, I know you have like emotional problems, and we've been working on that together. So you know, if people ever listen to this, they need to tell us which world's better every week. Yeah, and then no, we can start we, we like sh- keeping. I mean, score. once we start going, we can probably do like a poll to see which world's better. I think you're gonna win more of those than I will win, but you know, I can still try. Yeah, right. Okay, well, anyways, Jordan, I want to hear your world. I'm really excited. I actually was truly inspired by your um, world last week, so I decided to change up the format just a little bit. So I'm actually starting with my story, and then I'm going to just do the kind of pretty much overview talk of the world afterwards. So we're going to set this in a universe kind of set in an unknown future. You yourself, you work for the Central Core um, Grand Archives. Central Core is a massive space colony inhabited mostly by ancestors from the original Earth. After Earth became uninhabitable 
by people, they all went to space for refuge. Life was found elsewhere in the universe, so Central Core has sent explorers out to discover what else lies beyond in the already explored galaxy. So it's been a few hundred years since the space exploration program began. So going through the Grand Archives, you discover a file of corrupted data. Um, what you can read of this file are old journals from the famed scientist and explorer Sayer Abengada. So Sayer Abengada disappeared many years ago and has never been known what happened to him and his crew. Um, people assume that he died, but no one knows how or why. So you believe this is the journal from his last expedition. So curious, you begin to read these journal entries. So these are the Vesperia Exploration Journals, and this is one of seven. This is detailing the explorations of Dr. Sayer Abengada, Drs. Richard Andrews, Marceline Drake, Kyle Graves, and Jacqueline Parker. You're giving me a look. Yeah, I'm giving you a look. I think that your world's going to be a lot better than mine. I'm, like, already embarrassed right now for my pitiful world that does not have, like, named characters. Oh, dude, and, like, uh, this is, it's freaking on, man. After you did last week, it's freaking on. Like, I was, we like, can't just I sat there, listen, it's like, oh, I did Snake World, and you're like, oh, hey, the breath and <laughs> Legend of Zelda Boat World. And it's like, snakes are cool, man. And I felt so embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, no, it's on. I'm building okay. a cool world. Well, Jordan, I'm going to tell you the roles are absolutely flipped on this one, so I'm glad you went first. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do what you did to me last week. Okay, so starting with um, the Vespera Exploration Journal 1 of 7. One year into our deep space expedition, we made it far past Sextor 12B into uncharted territory. Months passed, and we began to fear we would not find anything significant to report back to Central with. Dr. Parker suggested turning back, but finally we stumbled across a planet that stood out amongst the barren space we had just crossed. The planet was slate gray in color and had bright blue ball of energy orbiting it. The planet itself was stationary and did not seem to have a path of its own. It's unlike anything we had ever seen before. A vote was taken and it was unanimous. We all agreed to take a few days to stop for observation. We hovered outside the planet for 48 hours to gather our initial data through Graves' probing drones. Our basic inspection yielded that the planet was only a few thousand years old, making it relatively new compared to the rest of the galaxy. The planet was surrounded by a thick gaseous layer, like one big cloud. Between the surface of the planet and the gaseous layer seemed to be a relatively clean atmosphere. The air was thin, but it was made up of a mixture of carbon dioxide, nitrogen, helium, and argon. This air would be breathable through use of the filters built into our suits. The surface of the planet was made up of a salt water solution that was much like the salt water found on Earth. There were no visible land masses, but there seemed to be solid structures sticking out of the water, maximum of 20,000 square feet in size. Through a scan from our station, we saw that the planet was giving off a power reading far greater from any planet we have ever discovered. Based on our findings, another vote was made. We began to set up our station for the long haul and do full analysis on this planet. A report was made and sent to Central for documentation. End. Vespira Exploration Journal 207. It's been two days since we set up shop outside the gaseous layer of the planet Andrews so effectually calls Vespira. Andrews wants to go down to the planet to see what's under the surface, but Parker and I voted against him. We cannot approach the planet until we know that the environment is not hostile. To prove this, Graves and Drake outfitted 200 drones and sent them off to probe both above and below the surface. We learned so far that the orbiting energy acts as a sun to the planet. The sun, or Aris as we call it, orbits in a consistent path. 
We count the days as the amount of time it takes for the energy to return to its original position. One day on Vespira is 120 hours. The drones scanned the floating masses they found. They seem to be made up of an organic material and have small traces of life holding them together. Small life forms seem to visit these masses occasionally, but they do not stay for more than a few minutes. We are uncertain where these life forms come from. Under the surface, the probes scanned and found more life forms, much larger than the life forms found near the surface. They seem to be patrolling the planet as they keep similar paths. The water surrounding the core of the planet, which is a giant energy source. What that energy source is, is currently unknown. Because the planet seems to have a non-hostile environment, Andrew and Graves are pushing to go below the surface. Once a formal vote has been made, and depending on the results, they will take a small ship with enough supplies to last them a month and continue their research down there. We will move our station inside the gaseous layer and monitor them from above. We are truly excited to see what lies beneath the surface. And you eating is the most distracting thing ever. I could pretend like no, I'm not eating. Continue eating, man. I could eat Anyways. like. Look, I'm enjoying this. I'm getting to have a snack and listen to a podcast. It's great. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Vespira Exploration Journal 3 of 7. Andrews and Grave have been under the surface for nearly a month, and what they have found is truly fascinating. The planet is life itself. The organisms that we have been scanning, the large masses, the energy that orbits, the water, and all the air come from the energy at the planet's core. Andrews and Graves have witnessed such. The large life forms that patrol the planet are what we assume to be antibodies for the planet. They take form of large serpents that look much like Chinese much uh, that look much like the Chinese representation of dragons. They are red in color and swim around the planet, breaking up debris and destroying any foreign objects that float down below the surface from space. For some reason, these dragons have ignored Andrews and Graves' vessel, possibly because they have not posed a threat to the energy source beneath. These dragons have the lifespan of about 168 hours. Once they die, small frog-like creatures come to pick the dragons apart clean to the bone and return the remains to the energy below. Nothing is left but the bones and the scales. The bones then float to the surface where small microorganisms begin to grow on them and bind the bones into um, structures. These are the land masses we have been scanning with the probes. Graves reports that... Sorry. Okay, I call a technical foul. We said that there was no you, land, and the first thing you did was make land. Hey, technical, technical foul. foul. Everything gets fixed. Technically, minus one point technical to Jordan. Foul. It doesn't okay. matter how good the story is now. I, I, you can take <laughs> one point off. Actually, no, I'm going to start from the 20-yard line, okay? <laughs> yeah, start from the 20-yard line. Keep going. <laughs> the first thing I did was make land masses. Yeah, I, okay. Cheating. Cheating happens. Okay, so um, Grace reports that besides the dragons and amphibious frog-like creatures, there are also small mammal-like creatures resembling common sea otters. These otters eat the scales left behind by the dragons and return to the surface where they occasionally visit the small bone masses. In the water, besides the antibody dragons, there are large manta ray-like creatures that swim throughout the planet. These manta rays are about the size of a city block and have schools of minnow-like fish that swim behind them. On top of the manta's back, the frog-like creatures have seemingly created homes for themselves. These homes are made out of solidified secretions from the frogs. The homes of the frogs create protection for the manta rays, and in turn the manta rays act as land for the frogs. Yeah, I'm creating more land. None of these creatures seem to be sentient, but they seem to live on this planet in harmony with each other. Drake and I have compiled another report and have sent it to Central for review. 
Eventually, Andrews and Graves will be coming back up to the surface for more resources and then will continue their studies in the depths. Drake, Parker, and I are preparing to take the vessel down to a bone mass and study the organisms down there. Vesperia Exploration Journal 407. Central has read our reports and much to our dismay wants to harvest the energy in the center of the planet to use for weapons and create more powerful ships in their attempt to strengthen their empire. They are sending a large military crew to extract the energy from this planet. Since they do not know how the planet will react, more battleships than necessary have been sent through the wormhole for this extraction. We are running out of time to complete our research before the military destroys everything we have worked for. Vesperia Exploration Journal 507 Things have fallen apart. Graves and Andrews have already returned to the desk by the time Parker, Drake, and I land on the large bone mass. From first inspection, the microorganisms seem to have hardened into crystal structures. They shine brightly in many different colors from ruby red to emerald green. It was a beautiful display. From what we saw, smaller insect-like creatures also live on the land masses. We took many pictures for our report. Parker began to take samples. As she did this, we noticed the otters begin to gather at the end of the island. She began taking samples of water and capturing a few of the insects. As she did this, more and more otters began to gather, watching on as Parker worked. Drake and I thought this was cute, not realizing what was happening. Finally, Parker took out a small hammer and began to break apart a crystal for samples. When she did this, the otters swarmed. We did not want to, but there was no way for us to escape the otters without leaving her to die. We barely made it back to the shuttle to take off. We looked back and there was not a trace of Parker left. It seemed like the animals of this planet are there to protect the planet from any harm. By breaking apart the crystals and taking away from the planet, we provoked it. When we made it back to the station, we found that we lost contact with Andrews and Graves' ship. They were gone. The last signal we got from them said they were going to approach the core, the core's energy source to see what it was. And after that, nothing was heard from them. The readings from their ship were off the charts. It seemed like the core sucked them in and absorbed their energy. Nothing is left of our fallen comrades. The planet was not meant to have human interference. It was meant to be left alone. We must war in Central. Vespira Exploration Journal 6 of 7. Despite our war warnings, Central's forces came to harvest energy. They were led by Commander Savan. Drake had a mental breakdown and attacked Commander Savan. She was quickly detained on the commander's ship. His crew began immediately posting warships above the surface of the planet and sending down submergibles in the depths to harvest the energy. They destroyed whatever antibodies approached them with no regard to the planet. They reached the planet and unlike Graves and Andrews were not absorbed. That's when the planet reacted. Out of the energy came what Savan's crew referred to as the horrors. They were large mutated versions of the antibodies. They had large tumor-like bumps covering their bodies and twisted sharp scales like spikes. The horrors had the bodies of serpents, but out of the serpent's mouth came a humanoid form with bone white skin and long black wiry hair. The humanoid bodies were long and rail thin with sharp claw-like long black nails. These horrors attacked Savan's submergibles and destroyed them in an instant. They were using pulse-like blasts of energy or simply tearing the ships apart like paper. Weapons did not seem to have effect and energy attacks were absorbed into their skin. Savan ordered more forces be sent to the deaths, but they didn't stand a chance. Once the horrors were bor born, Aris still orbiting the planet turned a from a royal blue to a blood red. Commander Savan wants to believe this is war, but he is wrong. This is a massacre. All men who attack this planet will die. Vesperia Exploration Journal 7 of 7 
This is the end. The battle lasted for days, but the horrors were too powerful. I am also saying horrors and not whore. Just so you know. I realized I was kind of slurring the no, word. I, I know what it's you're like The horrors were too powerful. No. Yeah, no, I got it. It's about, yeah, it's about yeah, a brothel. Yeah, the, it's well, the planet's actually... You don't have to be self-conscious okay, so. about that. Also, well, wait. While, while we're talking, hang on. I just need to ask you something. Have you... Are you familiar with the gorillas? Like, the band yeah, the gorillas? gorillas? Have you seen the music video for Fire from the no, Monkey's Head? No, I didn't know there was a music video for that one. Oh, man, you need to watch the music videos for Demon Days. Anyways, uh, the song Fire from the Monkey's Head is basically your oh, planet. God, I... D- didn't even know see i know the song you're talking about but i didn't know they had a video for that i'm not saying it's a i'm not saying it's a bad thing it's just yeah, like no, I, I, I mean i really like that out al- that album's amazing yeah no the album is okay. very good though. so i'm gonna start over without messing myself up and calling my monsters horrors no it's fine like okay. i said you don't gotta be self-conscious <laughs> but spirit exploration journal 707 this is the end the battle lasted for days but the horrors were too powerful they had power to exit the planet's atmosphere and survive in space they came off the planet and attacked savan's warships tearing it apart and killing savan and drake with it they dragged by station and the wreckage of savan's warship down to the planet's surface after the attack the horrors returned presumably to the energy as they no longer needed to protect the planet they took the remains of the submergibles and battleships and dragged them to the energy where they were quickly absorbed to be one with the planet the sun, Aris, turned back to its blue color, and the planet began to regrow life that once inhabited, as if everything was back to normal. I do not know how I survived, but I did. My station now rests on the surface of Vespira, slowly being torn apart by the antibodies, probably to be absorbed into the energy like the rest of Savan's fleet. I did a quick scan and know that I am the only survivor. This world is not to be tampered with. It can live in harmony without human interference. It has done so for hundreds of years and will continue to do so long after I die. This world is not meant for you. It must be left alone. In my last dying breath, I, like this planet, must protect my own. Stay away. Stay far away. End. So, that is my planet. It is a planet that is, at its core, an energy source that is a sentient being that creates life. And surrounding the planet is um, a saltwater-like mixture that kind of protects the energy source from any outside influence. So, okay, so I did kind of cheat in a way, and I created um, land masses. I created land masses, but they were made out of bone structure. So these aren't inhabitable land masses, and instead they act as sensors for the planet. So, so like, you know, outside sources will see land masses and go think to land there, see what's that. So landing there the planet is then warned of a threat and that's when it sends up the otters to check so the otters then check i love the idea of adorable little otter spies yeah see because no one's going to attack it it's like oh look at these little otters that's so cute like i said in the report it's like these otters like oh they're cute and then suddenly they swarm and they freaking ate that hang on does this planet understand what cute is is it like, oh, I'll give them big googly eyes because that'll be adorable? Under- oh, I think to a point, I meant the world to understand what non-threatening was. And so it sends up these things that do not look like, don't have weapons. They don't have anything that looks like they can attack with. So it sends up these, as you called them, otter spies to kind of survey what this threat is. So the bone masses act as, a, they're not actual inhabitable land masses. They act as sensors. Otters come up, and if the otters cannot handle it, that's when the antibodies will come closer to the surface. And if the antibodies are destroyed like they were in the story, then the planet creates what, what I call it the horrors. 
which the are horrors, these yeah. indestructible monsters that will um, do the planet's bid and will destroy anything that threatens the They'll core. also sleep with you for money. Horrors. Horrors. <laughs> it still sounds like a horrors. That, it's that really sucks. hard. Okay, but, um, hang on, hang on. I have an aside about horrors. So do you know the show Little Shop of Horrors? You've heard of that before? Yes, the giant, the plant. Yeah, so I was in that musical in high school. Feed me, and feed me, Seymour. So I, I was in drama club in high school, and I asked my choir director, who did all the theater stuff, hey, you know, what shows are we thinking? And she was like, oh, you know, we might do Bye Bye Birdie. Um, we might do Willy Wonka. We might do this show, that show. And then she's like, but I'm really thinking, I'm really feeling Little Shop of Horrors right now. And I was like, we're going to do a show called Little Shop of Horrors? Like, is it about a brothel? And she's I like, mean, yeah, I really think that... Skid Row. And then she, like, suggested that I should be the shop owner, and I'm like, you think I should play a pimp? You are almost pimp daddy back. Right? Oh, like, that's, that's what I thought she was typecasting me as in high school, was the pimp type. It turns out, no. Poor, starving flower shop owner was who she thought I most resembled. But, yeah, it, it took me longer than it should have. It was until I got the script... That I was like, oh, oh, horrors. You never thought to look this up or anything? No. Or ask I, anybody? I, 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 no, not even a little bit. Yeah, my drama teacher wants to do a show about horrors. This sounds I'm great. I'm not going to judge. I'll be in anything. I don't care. But yeah, I just kind of. Okay. So anyways, buddy, back to my planet. Sorry, that was an aside. So the horrors will come and they'll defend the planet until the threat is um, eliminated. And then they'll return to the core. Let me ask you something. just become... What? Can this planet get married? No. Like, what if it wants so to find love? Ter- Dude, we're going to do sentient planet later. I might bring this one back. And Can I make a planet that's like dating your planet? I... Why are you making this into, like, Planet Senpai-chan? What is happening right now? Because <laughs> that's just where my mind automatically <laughs> like, Why is this to? turning into a cute anime? I hate you. Anyways, we can talk about your planet. I'm sorry. Anyways... So, um, the planet, um, the gravity on this planet is about two times heavier than Earth's gravity because, you know, it holds everything to the core. So it's a little bit heavier and everything is being sucked in towards the core of the planet. So the horrors and everything, (laughs) that time I actually did say it, the horrors and everything else actually comes back and returns to the energy where they just become one with it and there's no kind of individuality inside that thing. So when, um, Andrews and Graves were sucked in, they just... Um, ceased to exist and became just another bit of energy um outside of that the story pretty much covers anything else do you have any questions about no man i'm good i liked it it's better it's better than what i did i'm just gonna say this right now jordan's world wins my world is embarrassing compared to this but that's okay don't don't do don't don't do your breakfast club fist up in the air don't you forget about me pose I was doing Black Power, but you know, whatever. Man. Oh, sorry. I just I just made that into a white guy okay, thing to so do. Okay, so that's my planet. So I had the planet Vespira with the Sun Aris. And so, Cody, I think actually mine was pretty short. So Yours was not very... Yours let's... was 30 minutes, exactly. Oh, well, I mean, we also in- interrupted me a lot. We, we did talk a little bit, but got. we're right, I'm we're ex- right I'm at 30 I'm excited minutes. to see what you are. See, excited to see what happened to the old lady from the breath. Like, is she in this? No. Does she have a part? There's not an old lady from the breath. All right. Oh, do you not have characters that you not think ahead and um, name your characters like I did? Shut up, Jordan. All right, shut up. I'm embarrassed oh, now. Oh, man. It's not like we had like a week or so to do this. We actually this. had two weeks because I canceled last week, which makes me just straight up garbage. But my computer died last week, so I really couldn't record without my computer that I used to record. Um, I actually tried to, and it oh, went really man. bad. <laughs> um, 
Anyways, okay, so man, oh man, okay, you ready to get going? Y'all ready for this? Yep. Have I downplayed it enough that anything will seem impressive? Okay, so this um the title of my world this time is Dolphin World. Oh god, you're an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry for that reaction, but oh man, that's bad. Okay, so um in my imagination for Wait, are you saying that the prompt was pretty bad? No, I liked the prompt. I'm saying the world that I came up with is rough. Like as soon as I heard the prompt, I was like, I'm doing Dolphin Planet. I don't care. And then I like started working on it and I was like, Dolphin Planet sucks. And I'm like, I'm doing Dolphin Planet. I decided hey, Dolphin World. Way to stick to your guns. I man. stuck to my I... guns and now I'm regretting it because you made a good world and I made Dolphin Planet, so I, I respect the hell out of you for sticking to your guns. Okay, so I'm going to say that, like, the way that I want you to imagine that you're interacting with this is that, like, you're an explorer on a new planet, and you just got, like, dropped down into this world that is wow, all Wow, it's water. like explorers have already been done on this podcast. Shut up, Jordan. Continue. All right, I didn't know. I didn't know what you were doing. All right? <laughs> okay, go go ahead, Dolphin Boy. You're dropped down into the water um, that completely covers this planet um, that, and, like, Part of your equipment is a universal translator that you use to, like, you know, gather information about any world that you happen to come across, right? So, mm-hmm. you're dropped into the water, and you're kind of, like, swimming around seeing stuff. And then, out of the blue, you see, like, ten fishy figures swimming towards you. And as they get closer, you recognize them as dolphins. And by Little Nemo, I mean Little Mermaid. Shut up. It's not Little Anything. Okay, so the dolphin under the sea, under the sea. As they approach, like even almost before you can see them, you hear the shrieking of their dolphiny voices as they come towards you, and it's um, completely unintelligible to you until you kick on your translator. Then all of a sudden, you can um, hear them <laughs> as they talk to you. Um, so you begin going through your. Where are you going? Are you just leaving? You can't leave the dolphins. No, I'm getting a different chair because this one keeps squeaking. Continue. No, just go. The dolphins are now offended as they look at you. Missing with your suit instead of chatting Dude, with them. Content- no one can see me. You don't have to point out what I'm I doing. I can see you and it hurts my feelings. This isn't a visual podcast. Well, it is now. They're getting a visual of you rolling up a different chair and ignoring my dolphins. Okay. Are, are you an engaged audience now? I can hear you wherever you are. Okay, perfect. Yes. So you begin going through your normal questionnaire with them. And here's the dolphin's response. The blue is a sphere and... Over the course of a year, we can basically swim from one side to the other. We never turn back, and we always end up where we started again, so we know it has to be some kind of sphere. We navigate by the yellow light in the sky and the white light at night. We have to keep moving. You see, the water is always changing. It changes when the sky changes. It changes when the text goes off the side of my screen. It changes when the the base of the ocean changes. It's always changing. But mostly, it changes as time changes. And that's why we have to move. What was once comfortable water will become freezing, so we have to keep swimming. With our tribe, even when people can no longer swim, we'll carry them. Not every place is like that, and some places have learned to not swim at all. But for us, we always have to keep moving. Okay, so what you've learned from this initially about the planet is, you know, obviously it's a sphere. um, And it does have, like, a seasonal rotation as it spins around the sun that causes most animals that live in the ocean to have to migrate in order to not freeze when the water gets cold, right? So they're constantly, like, swimming basically in a circle around the planet to stay where the water's comfortable for them. They mention that 
well, this dolphin that you're talking to mentions <laughs> this dolphin that you're having a really intense conversation with mentions that um, they'll carry people like if they can't swim and you can actually see on his person that he has like some braided um, like plant material o- around his fins that you could expect to be used as a harness of some sort. Um, and then he also kind of briefly. So you're going to ride these dolphins. No, you're not going to ride these dolphins, Jordan. Just wait. You'll get to it, okay? Oh, my God. Anyways, so we don't live on plants, but they're the reason we're alive. You you see, plants were our first tools. We kind of grew up with the plants, and we only exist because of them. If it wasn't for the plants that we have, we might not have survived. Stories have been told about us fins that didn't survive. Re- entire groups of animals that lived in this ocean that that aren't there anymore but we've been lucky you see we learned to use the plants to make our first tools toe straps and to catch air we learned that some plants can help when we get hurt and some plants can hurt things themselves the more we travel the more plants we find and the more that we learn some of us have even are there green herbs and red herbs and do you mash them up to make a medicine and heal yourself i feel like you're being quite sassy to me right now and i'm a dolphin (laughs) blub 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 dolphin (laughs) I'm doing dolphin arms. I don't... You know, you... I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Dolphin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is my dolphin body. <laughs> I want everyone to know on this podcast that if you ever try to impersonate a dolphin on a, like, web chat with your friend from college, it, it makes you look dumb. It's not funny. It's just unfortunate. It makes you glad <laughs> yeah, that no, this is, vis- this is not visual, and it is only auditory. Anyways, um... Some of us, though, have learned to use the plants to make it so they don't have to travel anymore. That's not our tribe, though. We're still always on the move. Um, so, yeah, there's tons of plant life at the base of the ocean um, and different plant life depending on where you are. Um, these dolphins seem to be in like the very early stages of learning to use tools. Um, so not only do they have straps that they can use to like tow each other around, like if one of them gets wounded, they could like lasso each other and like basically just use it to like carry someone. And that let them kind of have like stronger and more united tribes that didn't just like get bit once and they're dead because they could like keep them moving as they needed to. You know what I mean? So people didn't get abandoned or dolphins didn't get abandoned anymore. The big thing, though, is that they found a plant that could hold air. So these are mammalian. And they had to, um, they would have to surface to breathe, right? So, like, for them, a huge thing is that they can now stay underwater for longer, which lets them find more stuff and kind of grow their society because they're less reliant on always popping up to the surface and being a certain distance from air at all times. So being able to catch air was, like, a big thing for them that is, like, it seems like a kind of recent turning point. Um, As far as other creatures down here... um, it's really it hasn't been that long ago that we ourselves learned to talk and learned to tell stories. We remember when we were the same as the ones with gills, when the ones that never see the surface. We we fear the sharks and, and they hunt us, but the more we've learned and grown, the more we've been able to survive. There are others like us that can't speak, but they are slow and plotting. They do not tell stories. They can warn us of danger, but they don't talk like we do. Basically, so far, we're the only thing that we've found that's able to communicate, and mostly the only thing we've found that's been able to use tools. However, there are the squid. They might be like us. They've begun to build with stones and coral and bone, and we have learned from them. We've learned to use tools that are sharp. We've learned to use stones and bones. We don't like them as much as using plants, but they can be helpful. We 
cannot talk to them though many have tried um we come up and we try to talk to them but either they cannot hear us or they don't care they also can be dangerous generally the squids don't eat dolphins but it's not unheard of so mostly we avoid them so basically it's it's only recently that dolphins have begun talking beyond like predatory warning signs um so this is like very early in the stages of their beginning to communicate and learn to use tools um okay they can remember a time when they basically weren't sentient does that make sense yeah that's so like they understand they now are self-aware but it's only very recently that that's happened and they can remember when they were like the gills the ones that don't talk in other words fish um and some of them they're afraid of so sharks used to hunt them but now that they're like learning to communicate better and learning to use like some tools and stuff they're able to survive a lot better so they like tell you about how they'll sometimes like keep fish with them in a net and then if they feel a shark approaching they'll like release a bunch of fish and swim away in a different direction oh so they sacrifice a bunch of fish just so they can get oh yeah we'll kill fish no problem i mean if it's the (laughs) difference between killing a couple of fish and not getting eaten by a shark we'll kill a couple of fish but we've learned to do that and now it's just we can basically travel safely you know as long as you always have a couple of fish with you it's a road paved by blood um, but only shark blood, so, you know, they can't talk, so it's okay, I think. These dolphins okay. are morally ambiguous. So, um, I have a quick sure. question. Actually, no. I'm going to make a bet and say that there's anglerfish and they're dangerous. They're, they're, well, we'll get there when we get there, Jordan. All right. They also talked about, um, other things that can speak that they can talk to but they don't like talk like they, they said they don't tell stories um but they can warn them of danger and this is kind of how i imagine whales which by the way i hate whales so if i'm mean to whales it's because i hate them um why, wait, why do you hate because they're scary no they're not yes they are whales are terrifying they're peaceful they're they gigantic i don't care they're huge I, I don't like nothing that's that much bigger than me it makes me uncomfortable anyways so they can talk to whales and whales can speak but they just don't whales do not understand the concept of talking about things or about themselves you know what i mean whales is dumb so it's like imagine if you could talk to your dog but your dog would only say dog things that's basically the relationship that they have with whales is like they can talk to them so they're adorable well right but they only say whale things so it's kind of like again i like this idea of there is a group of animals that have recently become kind of people but they still can communicate lower than them because it's such a recent transition. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, I understand. That. Like wolves have a language, right? But it's just mm-hmm. not in a way that we can understand. So I kind of like the idea of like, yeah. what if we could talk to dogs? That's kind of what whales are for them. And then the last thing that he talked about was the squids. And the squids, I kind of like, is the idea of being like basically an alien race that lives with the dolphins that are just completely incapable of understanding each other. So they demonstrate the same level of intelligence as dolphins, but they can't talk to each other and don't recognize each other as like really, they they just like exist separately, but they can see each other. You know what I mean? So like dolphins aren't very dexterous. So like using tools is a lot harder for them. Um, I imagine that like they probably have like more prehensile like beaks and tongues than our dolphins do and maybe flippers. They might have like little flipper grips. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they can like handle stuff, but squids are super dexterous, right? They have like tons of arms and legs, so they would be able to build a lot more complexly, but they don't travel as much and they're not as dangerous. So they're kind of like two evolutionary paths that are both becoming sentient at the same time. 
but okay. don't know how to interact with each other. Anyways, the first thing that we really learned was how to talk to each other, and then we learned how to make our voices carry. That was really our first tool. The second thing was rope to carry each other and the leaves and plant material that we use to catch air. We've also learned to make nets that we can use to catch fish easier. But what's really incredible is the dolphin trees. You see, some of us have learned to grow structures. We've learned how to make plants grow the directions that we want. And slowly we've been doing, um, groups of dolphins have been doing that to create structures that break currents and provide some shelter from the changes in the water. Like when it's stormy up above, we've learned how to weather that better down here by using structures. Land masses, per se. Really, though, the most... It's not land masses. They're still underwater. But really, the most important thing that we've learned recently is that air always moves up. And some of us have even begun learning how to use that to make motion. That air always rises is the future of our technology. At least that's what we always say. We've also found some places where the air is always hot and always rises from the planet. So, or from the surface? I guess surface being the bottom of the ocean. Okay. Um, but that's not what I do. I'm still a moving dolphin. For the most part, all the dolphins around the planet get along pretty well. Um, we see the ones that live very deep near the rising air, and we also see the ones that live in permanent structures made of plants. We don't look as the same as we used to. We're starting to be able to tell differences in ourselves physically. Um, but those dolphins are more adept to survive in the areas that they're living. I don't think I could, though. This is kind of pointing to, again, a kind of notion of parallel evolution. That um, So the dolphins that live really far down, like, if this dolphin swam down there and tried to live there, he would probably die because of the difference in pressure. Um, so, like, it's taken generations of dolphins living in different areas to, like, survive there. So I kind of like the idea of this being like there's isolated clumps of dolphins that are now evolving very separately from dolphins at large. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, yeah. So it's not like hugely drastic, but you know, like how you can see like the difference between like a polar bear and a grizzly bear, right? Yeah. That's kind okay. of like yeah. the differences that yeah. we're starting to see between dolphins that live that like constantly live in one area versus ones that don't. So like the dolphins so almost like different species of dolphins. Yeah, 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 cuz I mean there are like, okay. you know, there's like a difference between like I don't know a bunch of porpoises. I actually don't know is how many different kinds of dolphins are there? I only know about one kind of dolphin. Dude, I'm not a biologist. Anyways, but you know how like there's like sperm whale and humpback whale, like that kind of difference. And they like live in different areas of the ocean. Yeah, the humpback whale of Notre Dame what just it's a bad joke Move oh on. i i i got your joke it was a bad joke Boom. anyways and then like kind of the last tab that we have here for uh detailing our structure is history and they don't really have a history yet like he's alluded to like hearing stories from the past and that's how they're like spreading information but they haven't gotten any further than that and they don't have a good way of writing yet so they don't have a way to record their history in like spreadable consistent ways because they have no ability to write and they cannot tra they cannot transfer information via like icons or pictures or anything like that because they don't have writing utensils yet so their history is entirely verbal but anyways the last thing now is uh, a story that I want to tell you it's the story of the lost tribe 
Some say this is the first story that dolphins ever learned to tell because what the Lost Tribe did was so crazy that people had to tell other people about it. And by people, I mean dolphins. I'm going to stop saying people eventually. Anyways. (laughs) Dolphin has no clue what he is. (laughs) Dolphin is a being. (laughs) I am human, just like you. I am a being. I think, therefore, I dolphin. (laughs) Oh, God, man. Thanks for laughing at my bad joke. Okay. The Lost Tribe. They were the tribe that swam the hardest. No shark could catch them and no fish could escape them. They began to travel even when they didn't need to. They moved like a current and none could stand in their way. Eventually, they learned to store air, just like all of us. But the difference is most of us when we learned to store air just used it to stay underwater longer and, you know, we could catch fish easier and stuff like that. No, but not the Lost Tribe. They used it to swim deeper. So they were pretty metal. They were pretty metal dolphins, yo. They made metalcore, or I was gonna, I was not metalcore, I was gonna say dolphin core music. But I said metalcore instead. I'm sorry. I ruined my own joke. Yep, that's my sweet metalcore. Dolphin, dolphin core. Except it sounds like. Anyways, <laughs> they were the first tribe to really dive, to go deep into gulches and explore there. Anyways, eventually they saw lights far down deep in the deepest gulch we had ever found. And they were the first tribe that decided that they were going to swim down and find out what was by those lights. Most dolphins tried to warn them and tell them not to go down there. But the lost tribe believed that at the very base they could find air. Some of them said that they saw bubbles rising from there and they knew that there must be a source of oxygen far down deep. And they even said that those bubbles were warm. So they believed that they would have all the warmth and air they could ever need and that they could stay underwater forever. Everyone warned them that it was impossible, but they tried anyways. And then they became lost. No one saw them for years and years. Years became generations, and the lost tribe was all but forgotten. It wasn't until tribes of dolphin up here began making um, plants into structures that the first lost tribe dolphin came back up. He was the most changed of any of the dolphins. He, We could tell that his body had adjusted to... Uh, like acclimate for the pressure that was all the way down deep there he came with several bags of air and told us that he had learned much at the very at the very base of the surface now it's not i've seen some things man i've seen some things now it's not uncommon for uh regular dolphins to go down there we can't stay for long but we can see the structures that they're beginning to build where the air is always moving that's where we first learned about motion and that we could use the air that we've trapped to make motion they're truly the pioneers of our technology. That's the story of the Lost Tribe. They discovered, like, the first motion. I don't know what to call it. It's not the wheel. It's basically just finding out that they can make things move by spraying air at it that they've stored. Okay. Anyways, that's so, Dolphin Planet. Like, um, a water wheel. I don't hate it, but it's not as good. I know. I actually, I, I like parts of it. Whoa, I, parts of it? You could have been nice. Jeez. Okay. No, but really, like, I don't like dolphins. What? I don't like Why dolphins. Why don't you like dolphins? You like whales, but you don't like dolphins? Yeah, dude, whales are awesome. Sharks are awesome. Sea serpents are awesome. Dolphins? No, yeah, okay, whatever. here's the thing. I got no problem with sharks. I know what sharks are. Yeah, no, sharks are, dude, sharks are awesome. Well, they're, they're a predator, and I respect that. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not scared yeah, no. if I swim in the ocean that I'm going to get eaten by a shark because it's really rare. But if I was in the ocean with a whale, I would not be in that ocean anymore. I would be running away from that whale. 
Because whales okay. could kill me but without yeah, no, thinking but about I, it. I, did, I, I liked what you did with it. I like because it was a, it was a very hard prompt because how do you make something without Apparently land? You just I'm probably going to say it's a very hard prompt about everything except for like the three I want to do. Hey, do you want me to roll the dice this week? I kind of want to roll the dice this week. I'm all excited about it. Uh, okay, yeah. We don't have to do that yet. What else did you think about Dolphin World? Yeah, no, I, I, I like Dolphin World. I liked that like you had the kind of the different animals interacting with each other, even though like some of them, the whales couldn't communicate, but I liked how they kind of, they formed their communities and then also kind of lived in harmony with the squids almost. But like, yeah, so it was cool stuff. I I don't like dolphins. <laughs> you just don't like dolphins. I think it's funny. Like when I made this and I was like, this is kind of dumb. Like it just felt like a little bit boneheaded. I don't know. And then I was like, yeah, but okay, whatever. No. But I never thought the reason you weren't going to like the, the world was dolphins by their virtue. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't hey. care. It could have been dolphins in space with rad dolphin armor. Wouldn't matter. They're dolphins. They deserve to die. Like, whoa. I never I never said the deserve to die part. So I was recently talking to some friends, and, and I we were talking about how global warming threatens uh, whales. And I was like, wait. It threatens whales? I'm like, never mind. I'm for global warming now. I want to kill all the whales with global warming. I don't even care. It's basically how I react to spiders. Okay. Sorry. On the list, I was replacing um, there is no land with another one. Oh, so what you replace it with? Reroll it. Um, a very Studio Ghibli world. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm rolling it. I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready to go. This okay. isn't my D20. It's my wife's D20, but whatever. Dude, it's dude. Oh, dude! Not nat twenty. I got not a nat, nat 20. twenty. The world is dragons. Are you kidding me? Yes. Jordan, the whole world is dragons. The world is. Of course. I think. I think you cheated. I did. I think you cheated. I legitimately. I want a reroll. We want a reroll. You're not getting we a reroll. I am so excited for the whole world is dragons. <laughs> You rolled the... Dude, that was supposed to be like our late game episode. No, man. This is a late game episode. We've already done like three of these. This is this episode is number three. World is Dragons is going to be number yeah, four. Yeah, that's about right. That was supposed to be our... I love it. Hmm? I love oh my the God. whole World okay. is Dragons. I've been doing so many snake things. Now I'm doing drag... Uh, well, fine. you can't can do, do snakes it. anymore because snakes don't exist. Only dragons exist. <laughs> Only dragons. We got Dragonborn. We got Dragon no, Ten. No, no, got... no, 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 no. Just dragons. Every how so can you have a half dragons. dragon if you if the whole you know world exactly is what I'm doing. I'm putting this on a giant dragon flying through space. I mean, I hope so. I said the whole world is dragons. Oh, it's like yeah. the Smurfs. No, All they say I'm, is dragon. I'm excited. Okay, it's good. So whole world is Are dragons. Are you gonna have business Number dragons is next week? What do you say? Have business dragons. You know what I mean. I, dude, I'm not gonna. Is spoil. there gonna be dragon Starbucks? You know, like because the dragons. Also, by the way, I'm leaving not a planet, not a solar system, not a galaxy on the list because I like that, and I'm happy if that pops up. Again. You just want to, you just want a chance to redo it, don't you? No, I liked what I did, but I have, I have more ideas after doing it. I have so many more ideas. But next week is gonna be the world. The whole world is dragons. I'm not excited for that, but I, I am. <laughs> I think we can do so it. So pumped for that. Okay, so anyways, so we're going to wrap up. Is there anything um, upcoming for you, like, you know, your Wandering Gamer Network? Do you have any podcasts coming out? Oh, yeah, like actually, we do. Although by the time this uploads, this will have probably uploaded. But so we're doing, I'm running a new setting um, called Crystal Heart. It is based on a webcomic. Um, so there's a webcomic that the webcomic is... Um, like four people playing an RPG and then like there's animated 
their adventure right but it like switches back and forth between like the characters and the players like playing this game so it like shows how to roll the dice and everything um so it is its own set of rules so we contacted them we're like hey do you want us to run this game and he's like yes so i've been running that i just started running it we've done like one and a half arcs um of it so we kind of just got started but i love it and i'm super excited it is running savage worlds so if anyone feels like checking that out by the time this uploads we'll probably have already uploaded a few episodes of crystal heart okay so what is the webcomic called? it's called up to four players it's great there's uh they have the one okay. called crystal heart that is about this setting and then there's like a couple about fate and there's some about board games but it's really cool Okay, and where can we find this podcast? Uh, if you search the Wandering Gamer Network on iTunes, um, that's probably the way that most people find it. Or like, if you use like Podcast Addict or like any podcasting like app, it'll pop up on. Um, and then also, there's uh, you can find us on like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube if you want to watch actual play videos or let's play videos rather. Um, we have a website. If you search the Wandering Gamer Network in like Google, you'll find it. But it's like a Wix site, okay. and you know. Um, when I upload this episode, I'll post links in the description. Yeah, you should totally post some links in the description. It's gonna be great. Okay. On my side, I do not have any upcoming podcasts. I'm still working on getting my little network together, but um, we will have stuff soon. Um, so expect that to come. I have a couple of good ideas, and who knows what will happen from when there. When you start posting stuff, I'm gonna send you really mean comments. Go ahead, man. You know, I can you know take what I mean? it. I can take you. I'm just going to be yes. like, uh, You're going to be all like, oh, yeah, that Cody guy's worlds were awesome. And Jordan sucked. Yeah, you know, I can take you. I, got I found you. that last okay, episode. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up. This has been World Shop. Next week's episode is going to be chaotic with the whole world is dragons. But I think we're going to make it. I am not going to have a chaotic anyway, dragon world. Are so you it's, it's going to be an awesome one. We'll see you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye.